1: Global Affairs Canada investigates a major data breach. New York sues Citibank over inadequate online security. Alpha Ransomware launches a dedicated leak site on the dark web. A leaked database with 50 million records may or may not be real. CISA and the FBI provide guidance for Soho routers. Hatch them if you got them. Trusty Loader exploits Avanti weaknesses. Unit 42 tracks a large scale scareware campaign. Alex Stamos calls Microsoft security strategies morally indefensible. Our guests are Gianna Whitfer and Maria Velasquez from the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. Talk about their new podcast, Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. And do you have what it takes to protect His Majesty's Royal Laptop? It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us here today. Global Affairs Canada is investigating a major data breach caused by the compromise of one of its virtual private networks affecting employee data and email. The breach began around December 20th, 2023 and was only discovered on January 24th, just about a week ago. Hackers accessed emails and files on both personal and shared drives of employees who used Signet laptops to connect remotely to GAC servers during this period. The department publicly acknowledged the breach following inquiries from the National Post, confirming it as a result of malicious cyber activity. The exact scale and timeline of the breach are still under investigation. In response, Global Affairs Canada disabled the compromised VPN and asked employees to reset passwords and encryption keys. Critical services and external communication channels remain operational. The breach was reported to the Federal Privacy Commissioner as required for significant personal information breaches. This incident marks the second major cyber attack on GAC in two years, with the previous one in early 2022 suspected to be a Russia-backed cyber threat, although not officially confirmed by the government. New York Attorney General Letitia James has filed a lawsuit against Citibank, accusing the bank of failing to reimburse scam victims and employing inadequate online security measures. The lawsuit alleges that city’s weak protections have led to unauthorized account takeovers, and that the bank had misled customers about their rights following hacks and thefts. Victims, including those who lost life savings and college funds, were denied reimbursement despite city's insufficient data security and ineffective response to fraud alerts according to the Attorney General. The case cites instances where large wire transfers by scammers were approved without direct contact with customers. In one case, a woman lost $35,000, and in another, a customer lost $40,000 due to unauthorized wire transfers. City defends its practices, stating that banks are not obligated to refund clients who follow criminals' instructions, but they acknowledge an increase in wire fraud. The lawsuit argues that under the Electronic Fund Transfer Act, City is required to reimburse unauthorized debits and seeks a permanent injunction, an in accounting of customer losses, restitution, damages, and civil penalties. Citibank claims to have implemented leading security protocols and fraud prevention tools, reducing client wire fraud losses. Security firm Netenrich notes that Alpha Ransomware a new group distinct from ALF v. Ransomware, has recently launched its dedicated data leak site on the dark web, listing data from six victims. The group has been active since May 2023. As of now, alpha ransomware isn't prevalent, with low infection rates and no active sample available for analysis. The group's ransom demands lack consistency, suggesting they are skilled yet amateurish in the ransomware arena. More victims are expected as alpha ransomware gains visibility and leaves more digital footprints. Continued monitoring is crucial for understanding and countering this emerging threat. A database purportedly containing 50 million records from Europecar was offered for sale on a hacking forum, raising concerns about a major data breach. However, Europecar has declared the database fake, noting discrepancies and inconsistencies in the data. According to Europecar, the sample data, including email addresses, did not match their records. They suggested the data might have been generated using AI, pointing out anomalies like non-existent addresses and mismatched zip codes. Security researcher Hussein Khan-Yukil from PICUS Security suggested the incident was more of a social engineering attack than an actual data breach possibly using AI-generated fake data to pressure Europecar into paying a ransom. While the authenticity of the data remains unverified, the incident has raised questions about AI's role in cyberattacks and the need for businesses to adjust their incident response strategies accordingly. Troy Hunt, founder of Have I Been Pwned, cautioned against concluding that AI was used, noting that many email addresses in the database were from previous breaches. Today, CISA and the FBI released guidance for small office home office, that's Soho, device manufacturers, as part of the Secure by Design alert series. This guidance aims to shift the security burden away from customers by incorporating security into product design and development. The focus is on preventing the China-sponsored Volt Typhoon Group from compromising Soho routers. Additionally, manufacturers are encouraged to disclose vulnerabilities through the Common Vulnerabilities and Exposures Program and provide accurate common weakness enumeration classifications. The alert also emphasizes the importance of incentive structures that prioritize security in product design and development. We are not quite a month into 2024 and major tech companies have been busy addressing critical security vulnerabilities. Apple rolled out iOS 17.3, addressing an exploited WebKit flaw and introducing stolen device protection. Meanwhile, Google patched several Android system vulnerabilities and addressed an actively exploited Chrome bug. Microsoft's January Patch Tuesday targeted around 50 vulnerabilities, including critical flaws in Office and Windows Kerberos. Mozilla Firefox fixed 15 issues, with five rated high severity. In the enterprise domain, Cisco and SAP released fixes for significant vulnerabilities, including a high-risk Cisco bug allowing remote code execution. Software firm Ivanti recently identified that hackers were exploiting two zero-day vulnerabilities in its Connect Secure and Policy Secure software. These vulnerabilities allowed remote command execution on targeted gateways. Researchers from cybersecurity firm Synactive say that threat actors are actively exploiting these vulnerabilities globally, targeting a wide range of industries, including government, military, telecommunications, technology, finance, and aerospace. The attacks have resulted in the deployment of cryptocurrency miners and Rust-based malware, notably Krusty Loader, which downloads a Golang-based Sliver backdoor. Sliver, which is gaining popularity among hackers— provides advanced control capabilities. Avanti is working on patches, and cybersecurity researchers have released detection tools and rules for the crusty loader.
0: So I'm a thief, am I? Well, excuse
1: me! (laughs) Researchers from Palo Alto's Unit 42 uncovered a large-scale campaign named ApeetWeb, involving over 130,000 domains used to distribute scareware, potentially unwanted programs, hubs, and scam pages. This campaign, active since 2022, employs deceptive emails and JavaScript on websites to redirect users to harmful content. AppHateWeb's sophisticated infrastructure utilizes multiple redirections and is controlled by a central group employing tactics like cloaking, and wildcard DNS abuse to evade detection. The campaign has significant reach, impacting users globally with millions of monthly hits from the U.S., Europe, and Asia. In November of last year alone, about 3.5 million sessions were blocked across nearly 75,000 devices. An editorial from Alex Stamos, chief trust officer at Sentinel One and former Facebook CSO, discusses Microsoft's handling of their recent security breach, known as Midnight Blizzard, conducted by Russian intelligence services. Stamos criticizes Microsoft for downplaying the breach's severity, which involved exploiting vulnerabilities in Azure Active Directory and Microsoft 365, affecting multiple companies. He highlights the complexity of Azure AD and its vulnerability to hybrid deployment attacks. The editorial also accuses Microsoft of using the breach to upsell their security products like Microsoft Entra ID Protection and Purview Audit, calling it morally indefensible. Stamos argues that Microsoft's approach to security, treating it as a separate profit center, undermines the safety of their products and advocates for secure-by-default products with all necessary security features included. Stamos argues that Microsoft's approach to security, treating it as a separate profit center, undermines the safety of their products. He advocates for secure-by-default products with all necessary security features included. He urges Microsoft to reassess its approach to cybersecurity. We note that Microsoft is a CyberWire partner. Coming up after the break, our guests, Gianna Whitfer and Maria Velasquez from the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. Stay with us. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com resilience. The new podcast Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing is the latest to join the CyberWire Podcast Network. Joining me today are the hosts of that show, Gianna Whitfer and Maria Velasquez. They are from the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. Here's our conversation. Gianna and Maria, welcome to our show. I have to start out by saying how excited we all are here at N2K and the CyberWire that you all are joining our CyberWire network with your podcast. Uh, For folks who aren't familiar with the show, can you give us a little brief description of what it is all about, and what is your mission here. Gianna, you want to kick things off for us? Sure.
2: Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing is a podcast to share the stories, successes, and failures of marketers working in this topsy-turvy, constantly changing, highly technical industry of cybersecurity.
1: Maria, you are co-host of the show here. How is it formatted? What are the conversations like?
2: Well, it's it's really
0: a lot of storytelling. We uh, invite the most interesting marketers within our industry and uh, we go into it with as much detail as possible about their winning strategies, the campaigns they're most proud of. Uh, we do a little bit of therapy sometimes about, <laughs> you know, marketers dealing with the sales team and it ends up being really a bunch of marketers together, peers, just chatting and having a a really nice and authentic conversation about our challenges, our wants and needs, and our aspirations for our careers as well.
1: Can we go to a little bit of a higher level here and and get a little information about the Cybersecurity Marketing Society itself? What is the mission of the organization?
2: The cybersecurity marketing exists so that any marketer in the cybersecurity industry can have an amazing career. We provide resources, education, and networking and community for marketers in the industry. When you are part of the cybersecurity marketing society, you're going to level up your game. You're going to become a better marketer, and you're also going to make lifelong professional connections that'll help you in your career. And hopefully you will give
1: back as well. Maria, I'm curious, what are some of the specific challenges that marketers face in the cybersecurity world?
0: Oh gosh! Well, I think uh, the the biggest one really is is breaking that wall and barrier between us and the cybersecurity practitioner community. Uh, to this day, there hasn't been really a, a form where we can come together and and really just level set what each side needs um, and what we all can do better. Because at the end of the day, we're all sort of going after one goal, one uh, one massive dream against uh, you know the the threats and. Um, and the cyber criminals out there. And so we're very excited that we are starting to do that and starting to build the avenue and the vehicle for, for conversation back and forth.
2: Marketers are part of the ecosystem of cybersecurity, and we want to be doing a great job of connecting with security individuals, not annoying, not bothering. We want to help make the world a better place too, and we want to do it all together. So we're excited that we're helping move the industry forward in the cybersecurity marketing society, and we're starting.
0: We're starting with the buzzwords.
1: Like, <laughs> what sort of buzzwords are you, do you mean?
0: I don't know a lot of the annoying ones that we get feedback on. Like... Ah,
1: okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I believe me as the, as a person who has to say those buzzwords on a daily basis as part of my job. I, I, I am on board with your mission to, to demystify the buzzwords. I'm curious, you know, I I think um, there are a lot of great things about cybersecurity, but I think a valid criticism is that there can be a lot of gatekeeping. And particularly when you talk about, uh, you know, folks who may not have some of the high-level technical skills that some of the, you know, the elite practitioners have. But, you know, you all mentioned uh, earlier in our conversation that, we need everybody in, in order to complete this mission. We need people with all sorts of different skills, and it strikes me that that's something that the Cybersecurity Marketing Society is approaching head on.
2: Mm-hmm. We absolutely are, and and it's interesting you say. You know, gatekeeping. It, it's tough to break in, also, to marketing in the cybersecurity industry. It's not easy. A lot of uh, companies want you to have an existing cybersecurity marketing experience too. So, uh, you know, it's not exactly the same, but similar to security professionals. If you're a marketer and you are trying to go work at a security company, I mean, you better have already worked at a security company because people are also looking for that very specialized knowledge and skill set on the business side of the house as well. We are working every day, and we have exciting launches upcoming this year to help more marketers break into the industry, to hone their skills, and to help make cybersecurity marketing a more accessible career for those who want to join it.
1: Maria?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't have this when we started in cybersecurity marketing. And so what a privilege to be able to provide as many resources and mentors as possible for those you know, newcomers within the industry. It is very unique uh, within the tech, right, overall industry. Um, and so this community and this uh, set of resources and mentors that we've been able to gather within uh, under one roof, should really, just like Gianna said, move the industry forward, um, especially on the vendor side?
2: You know, actually, how I got into cybersecurity marketing was by accident. But Maria, and the reason me and Maria know each other is because she helped me with no expectation in return, by the way. I was new to the industry and I was like, what is RSA? Events? Like, what's a black hat, right? (laughs) Like, just... I I was working at a threat intelligence company. It was just completely like I had worked at tech, in tech before too, right? But I was just completely underwater with all these terms and these uh, the 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 people we were trying to market to and the people we were trying to connect to. It was like a whole new world and a whole like a completely new world with completely new everything. And Maria we had met and she helped me cross that bridge to having knowledge and expertise in the industry th- by sharing and being helpful and just being a wonderful peer mentor. And that's what we've built in our community as well in the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. That's the foundation of the community. We didn't have this when Maria and I were starting out. I just had her and Maria, I don't know who how, who you had. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have a place for, uh, along with experienced people, CMOs, you know the highest levels of marketing. We have a place for mid-level and junior marketers as well to learn and grow and be successful.
1: You know, you mentioned at the outset that you're going to be talking about the successes, but the failures as well. And I remember, you know, my colleague Bennett Mo, who helps lead our sales team here at the CyberWire and N2K, coming back from one of your events was saying, "What a great experience it was because so many people were willing to share, and there was a." There was an environment of openness. Uh, I, I'm really interested that you're bringing that to the podcast as well. That it it's not all just sunshine. That people are going to you know share their challenges as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of the speakers at the conference um, had handouts. They had templates that attendees can you know take away and apply today in their job, uh, from product launches to demand gen to advertising. Every possible channel you can think of in marketing, uh, we had best practices for and resources for and, and subject matter experts that you can go to. Um, so yeah, that
2: was really wonderful to see. And, you know, failures are fun in retrospect. Failures are fun. We Everyone loves to hear a good uh, that didn't work story. <laughs> 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 and as marketers and in our community, this culture we've built is we want to help others succeed and helping others succeed, it You know, a part of it is saying, This didn't work for me. It might not work for you. I spent X amount and I got zero in return, or I did this and it spectacularly failed. And it also creates this feeling of acceptance, too, because in this industry, it's so constantly fast paced that you're going to fail. You're going to fail at some point as a marketer, as a security professional, as anyone. Um, You are going to fail, screw up, do something that doesn't pan out. And hey, that's okay. We all live and we move on with our lives and careers.
1: All right. Well, the name of the podcast is Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. Uh, Gianna and Maria, thank you so much for joining us. For our listeners, uh, when can they expect to hear the show?
2: Every Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern, if they want to be up that early. (laughs) Okay.
1: For those who just can't wait, uh, it is uh, the newest show on our CyberWire network, and we are excited to have you both join us. Thanks so much. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash FedCyber. That's aka.ms slash FedCyber. And finally, Graham Cluley points out that the UK's royal household is seeking a cybersecurity manager to protect King Charles, his family, and the staff from digital threats. Based in Buckingham Palace, the role entails leading the cyber risk management strategy and the cybersecurity framework in alignment with best practices. Responsibilities include managing an in-house team, fostering a secure-by-design culture in collaboration with the enterprise architecture team and liaising with external experts like the National Cybersecurity Center. As a subject matter expert, the manager will also promote cybersecurity awareness and ensure compliance. Despite the high-profile nature of the job, the starting salary is £75,000 for a 37-and-a-half-hour workweek, which is modest considering London's cost of living. Perks include discounts at Royal Collection Trust shops and free admission tickets, although these might not compensate for the demanding nature of the job and relatively low pay. One can only imagine what His Majesty's Royal Browser History contains. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at TheCyberWire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at CyberWire at N2K.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The CyberWire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.